0: And now the SleepHawk Worldwide Podcast. Here are your hosts, Brandon Staten and Tyler Hensbro. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the SleepHawk Worldwide Podcast. This is Sleep Dog with the Big Hulk. What's up, everybody?
1: It's the Big Hulk. Hey, man! It's a great time of the year. Basketball is back. College basketball uh, started. I'm super excited. Uh, to have the action back, I know there's a lot of expectations uh, with our heels, and I'm excited. Uh, I was a little bit nervous uh, just watching the game to start with. Uh, I thought we'd beat the brakes off of them. But here we are Sleep. It's a great time of the year, and uh, I'm ready to go.
0: About 14.8% of uh, Sleephawk Nation is also uh, a little anxious. We'll get more on that in a little bit. Um and yeah the uh we talked a lot about it over the last couple weeks about the importance of getting out early in some of these games that you're supposed to win. We'll sort of break this thing down. Maybe getting a little bit of football, maybe getting a little bit of other type of shit, but for the most part we're going to focus on basketball because let's face it that's why we're here. So you had an opponent in UNCW nobody knows anything about uh they hung around most of the game Didn't shoot particularly well, which makes it even more interesting that they were able to to stay in the game for a while. But I never really felt like, even though we couldn't seem to pull away, you know, we never really, uh, the game never really seemed like it was in doubt too much. So, you know, you got logged big minutes from your starting five, didn't have a, a very wide rotation, which I guess tends to happen when you're in a relatively close game uh guys like armando you know he had um what is it here 16 points nine rebounds i think with a team like that you expect him to have a uh a bigger night but um you know this is one of those things we shot 30 they shot 30 we shot you know we shot i don't know man i um you know you look at the stat sheet and it's kind of an anomaly it seems but uh what are your thoughts on on how we got started and Uh, I guess probably the question most people are asking is, what does this mean? I mean, are we nervous or are we just, uh, hey, shaking the rust off?
1: Hey, (laughs) Hey, first of all, UNC fans, this is the first game to be here. Let's not overanalyze any one game to begin with. But my first thought is, you know, and we talked about this last year, when do you want to play peak basketball? Okay. I prefer to play peak basketball in February, March, and April. Uh, Not many teams play in April. We did last year and we played our best basketball at the right time last year. That's what made this team so special. Uh, But we are more experienced and we are a veteran team. So you expect us to come out the gates like a Kentucky Derby racehorse. Uh, But, I really thought UNCW came out of the gates uh ready to go and I felt like the first half they played to win the game and we played uh to not lose the game and I think that's super important to the mentality that they came out with uh but when you break it down uh kind of like uh, our guy Donnie hit us up with a tweet and he was asking about the pressure that they had defensively and that was a great point uh because When you think of something like that, I'm always reminded of the Baylor game last year when they started full court pressing us and putting a lot of pressure on us. It seems like we get a little bit vulnerable. Uh, The one thing that the (laughs) pressure really caused us to do um, is to, it forced us one, like you said, uh, to start our offense around the 22nd mark on the shot clock, which 20 seconds, you should be able to run a play and get a pretty good bucket. I think the main area of concern is how far how far four star offense to start out. Uh, so we were behind the three point line, and then so creating those post ups for Armando and our bigs were very difficult uh, to you know throw an inside pass uh, two or three feet behind the arc is not a great place uh, to make that pass. So what you want to do is you want to play inside-out basketball. You want to draw the defense in. That way you can collapse the defense and kick it back out for easy shots or create duck-in opportunities and better position for Armando to score. Uh, But I thought they really pressured us, and I thought UNCW played a good game. It just seems like they didn't shoot well, which could be a testament to our defense. Uh, I'm looking at the box score. Like you said, they shot 30% from the field, which you, um, you know, you could say, Hey, our defense was great. Or you could say, Hey, they're not used to playing into, they're not used to playing in an atmosphere like the Smith center and it caused them to have a little bit of jitters. Uh, but when I look at this game as a whole, no, I'm not concerned. Uh, I think this would be an overanalyzation of one game, but, uh, let's not forget, uh, sleep. We didn't cover and the great teams cover period. And uh, the over and under uh, for the game was at a uh, one, it was 146.5. Uh, so we didn't even come close to the mm-hmm. over, didn't even sniff it.
0: Played damn two games um, hit that over.
1: Yeah. And, you know, the one thing I look at is, you know, it looked like they forced us into taking tough shots. I didn't think that we really got the easy buckets, uh, the uncontested layups, which is the highest percentage shot in basketball. Uh, You can look at it uh, in the hole and we only had four fast break points. And so that was a huge deal. And, you know, traditionally North Carolina, uh, you know, you're going to be up there in fast break points. Uh, So uh, I'm a little concerned about that, but no, hey, we got the job done. The job is to win the game, uh, you know, and you can't ever put too much emphasis, especially on the first game. Uh, you know, it's it takes
0: a while to get into the rhythm. The thing that gives me concern, right, the first game of the season, got it, right? Could turn around the second game and just blow the doors off of whoever the hell we got next, but the problem is, is that you know you can look at you can look at the fact that they shot 30% as is as, as a good defensive effort and and maybe that's you know what it is. Or you could say, hey, they shot 30% and we never pulled away. Um, I mean, a team like that, what you usually have to worry about is a team like that coming in and shooting 60% and hanging around until the end of the game. They had 10 more shots than we did. That's what concerns me, is the fact that they were able to, you know. Um, I mean, how can their offense sort of outpace ours? Again, I get it, dude. This is the first game. Like, I'm not, I'm not, you know, saying by any means the ship is sailed on the season, but I do think there are concerns. Um, that sort of point to, you know, the structural. Uh, you know, is it an off night? Sure, it very well could be an off night. We have no sample size, right? Except for a a, a division two opponent. Nonetheless, like you have to wonder. Um, you know, is this, uh, you know, we put it this way. It'll be like, I think everybody is sort of proceeding with caution as opposed to like 48 hours or whatever, you know, ago, everybody's like, dude, this team is primed to win the national championship to your point earlier, Donnie big Hawks, uh, pickleball buddy asked the question this way. Did UNC provide a roadmap for upsetting Tar Heels with full court pressure? They only got a couple turnovers, but it seemed bigger that they made UNC start their offense late in the shot clock every possession. So I thought that was a very good, you know, sort of observation and maybe points to some of the things that come through in the box score. Did it make did it did was Carolina just uncomfortable? And and if so, why? Right? You 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 are studying film, you know what they're you know kind of how they're gonna play you. Um I, I just think to be honest, there's a lot of things that you know, that you gotta look at and say, all right, like, you know, that's concern.
1: Yeah. So you know, when you look at it and say they had 10 more shots. Uh, the thing I see is they shot 29, 30 from the field, which is going to create more opportunities for those offensive rebounds. Uh, when I see, you know, when I look at our you know, stat sheet, you know, we shot 45% from the field. Uh so the offensive rebounds aren't going to be there like they are for uh, UNCW because of that percentage. And when I look at the overall rebounding total, we out-rebounded them on the defensive end. So they had more shots, more opportunities to grab offensive rebounds because of their poor shooting night. So I don't put a lot of emphasis on that, but I do put emphasis on the eye test and the mentality that they came out with. Uh, they came out you know they they were a tough physical team and I think it did create a lot of problems you know and I look at the stat sheet and I think it did the physicality and their pressure in a way I think frustrated Armando I mean I I look at it he's got four personal fouls um, you know 28 minutes Uh, you know Armando you know he had a pretty, he had a good night. I didn't. I wouldn't say he had a spectacular night. He's usually a double-double guy, one rebound shy of that, but um, I think that's what teams are really going to hone in on is being physical and coming out and really playing hard, uh, especially if you're the number one team in the country. Uh, teams are going to get up
0: for you. Where didn't the UNCW finish in the, um, the CAA last year? Do you know?
1: No clue, but I will tell you if they come out the way they played UNC, they will be uh, a bubble team. I mean, I think they, they probably have to win their tournament to get into it, but you know, their mentality and the way they played us, you know, they, they improved their shooting a little bit, their shot quality. They could be a
0: borderline tournament team this is what I thought. Yeah. They won their conference last year. They went 20, this team went 27 and nine last year. So, yeah. I mean, I think I'm pretty sure they made the tournament. Um, and that's something that I'm investigating as we speak. But like you know, they went 15 and three in conference. Look, the conference has got nobodies. But the, I mean, didn't we lose the Charleston a couple of years ago? I mean, um, there's decent teams in their conference, and um, obviously, uh, you know, look, they're 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 not on the same tier as as Carolina, but. I mean, they're a tournament team last year, so you know. As I as I dig a little deeper, right? It's it's sort of less cause for concern, and and sort of good on putting a. I mean, essentially a tournament team to open the open the season with, right? It's not, you know, you know, we're not playing freaking Kentucky game one, but UNCW is a lot different than Johnson C. Smith, nonetheless. Um, you know, and, and I'd imagine they've got. I, I was looking also at, um, and I backed out of it here, but. They got a lot of the reason I was I went down that low. They got a lot of upperclassmen, right? You got senior, junior, senior, junior, senior, mm-hmm. junior, senior, and we talk a lot about that, you know. And they got some size. They got some guys that are you know six seven, six eight, probably athletic dudes. Got a, probably the cream of the crop from the state of North Carolina that ain't going to Chapel Hill or like you know NC State. So um,
1: they're they're good teams, like,
0: uh, you
1: know as as their record shows. But, um, you know, don't put too much emphasis on this game. But, hey, you know, like you said, we lost the College of Charleston. But in these games, these early games for these smaller schools to play the number one team in the country, and then if we were to go into their home arena, I mean, the environment, that's going to be their, their Super Bowl. The environment is going to be as loud as it gets all year, no question.
0: We got a bunch of damn CAA opponents. We got College of Charleston next. We got Garner Webb, which is not in the CAA. But then we got Matt James Madison. So three teams in a Colonial Athletic Conference. And fortunately, we've already played the tough one. Let's shift gears from the uh, the team as a whole, and let's get into like the individual play. Right. So, like I said in the beginning, we had. Uh, you know, not a ton of minutes to go around, and that's to be expected when you're in a relatively close game. You got uh, all the starters logged at least 28 minutes. Uh team shot 47, 46%, right? Uh, did not shoot well from three, shot okay from the line. Uh, we won the rebound in battle, but not by a ton. Um, didn't have many turnovers, only had nine. Only had four assists, right? So, so it's clear, like when you don't have very many assists at, at, at this stage of the season, you're missing some, you know, some three pointers and things like that. There's a good chance, like you still got to find a rhythm somewhere. But what did you see from the individual play, RJ had 17, Caleb had 17, Amando had 16 and nine. You know um, that, and what were your takeaways from those guys? You know, based on like we talked about again a lot. Um, you know, some some lofty expectations this year.
1: Yeah, I mean, we could dissect this uh, stat sheet all day. Uh, you know, you mentioned the the assist—only four assists, uh, nine turnovers—and we talked about it last year. Sleep, uh, lackadaisical turnovers uh, are critical. I didn't see as many uh, last game as as we had last year to begin with, but I think going forward, we would like to have more than four assists uh, per game, a hundred percent, but. When I watch the game, there's one guy in particular that I really, really am excited about and who's really grown, and that's R.J. Davis. Mm -hmm. I think R.J. could be one of the most explosive scorers in the country. And I think the game, uh, you know, I think his feel and his touch and the way he approaches, I think it comes easy to him. And I think he's going to continue to get better and better. Uh, The more he plays, his confidence is really getting up there. But I'm excited about him. Obviously, you know, Caleb and Armando, not to downplay them, but we knew they were horses. We knew that they were going to come through and be big for us this year. I expect RJ to step up and have a huge year. And, you know, we'll see. Uh, I really like what Pete does. Um, You know, his addition is going to be big. But as far as the freshman, this Seth Trimble kid, he can hoop. And I'm excited about him. I think he's going to be a great addition. He has athleticism. He has confidence. He attacks. He gets out and runs. I think he's going to be a big-time player for us. And the Tyler Nickel kid, I know he only played six minutes, but I think you know, going forward, I think he is going to be a big piece. And I'm not going to downplay Don Trez. I think Don Trez is going to be a great player at some point. I'm just kind of waiting for him to break out.
0: All I know is Teddy Valentine better not turn around again and yell at Bo. Uh, it's bow dude. You gotta know where you're at, know your place, Teddy. I hate that guy. He's the worst ref, maybe in the history of college basketball. I don't know if anybody even saw it. I tweeted about it when I saw it happen. Basically, like there's the bench is up and they're kind of calling for a travel, and he just turns around and like yells at him, and it's like, bro, focus. I mean, he's famous for that shit, but it, nonetheless, it was, it was annoying. Um,
1: Nobody better mess with any May. On- uh-huh.
0: Damn! Not Bo. Damn
1: sleep Hawk worldwide. Luke, whatever. Scholar no, athlete. No, no. Luke, Bo, come man. out from there. Um, Danny, watch yourself, buddy.
0: Who catch a Bo if you fuck with Bo. Um, right before the pod this morning, I tweeted out asking how fans are feeling after mm-hmm. Game One. Um, the results are in. Out of 124 votes, which from based on our Twitter following, us that's, that's up there, gang. Uh, by the way, at Sleep Hawk ww on twitter um 84% percent they will be fine the other 16 i'm anxious right those were your only two options other than to not participate um got uh old sci-fi said he was uh got to work on a passing shooting second right um and richard bond bond 0227 Said he needed to play faster. The playing faster is is evident, right? If the other team presses you, though, it's going to be hard to play faster, right? We talked. Look, we've talked about a lot of stuff, like getting more possessions and getting easy baskets and all those things. Like they don't just happen right out of the gate, right? So, totally, yeah. uh, totally understand all all valid observations. We asked how you feel about this game, right? We didn't ask how you know we felt about. Whether we're going to the national championship or not, it's going to take a level of patience. You're going to have ups and downs. There's expectations this year, and we're already seeing it, just even in the fact that we're asking the question, is this is the difference between the underdog and the alpha dog. Is like when you beat UNCW at home by 13 points people start to say, ah, is everything okay, right? That's just the nature of it, right? The talking, talking heads mm-hmm. talk, and then that's that's the difference. If you're unranked and you beat UNCW by 13 at home, nobody really says shit. But you start winning and you get in a rhythm and all these sorts of things. Um, even the wins look like losses in, in some context, right? So I guess, you know, in the end, yes, there's a few things that – if they keep going, are obvious problems. If Carolina scores 69 points a game, they won't. That's an obvious problem. Even if it, like, you can't predict the future, and even if you could, and and we go 500 this year, you know, there's just nothing yet that's like, hey, like, any cause for alarm. You got to let a few of these games happen. I mean, look, dude, in 05, you can always kind of go back to it, you know, lose the first game of the season. Yes, we didn't have... Ray Felton, but we also had like four lottery, uh, you know, three lottery picks on that team. So, you know, I'd say my advice to to Carolina fans is, you know, as Aaron Rodgers once said, relax. Um, let's wait to see the next game and, uh, and see what kinds of adjustments we make because you played a tournament team. I mean, that's the other piece here. Like, you're not going to play a lot of those in a given <laughs> season. You're not going to play more than probably what? Like, maybe maybe a third of your schedule is against teams that are going to win the tournament and the only reason that is is because you're in the acc i don't even think you know that'd be an interesting stat if we had a stat guy right it's like what percentage Mm -hmm. of tournament teams does an average team end up playing so to open the season with one i mean i think it's whatever you win the games you're supposed to win
1: hey there's some teams in the acc that uh Lost their first game. You can look at Florida State. They lost to Stetson, uh mm. States and whatever. Nice hats, yeah. And
0: great. Yeah, color. And
1: uh took took that L. Um, but you know what, Sleep? I love the way that you uh asked that question. Are we anxious or we're we just okay? Um <laughs> uh just the optimism. Uh, but uh listen, we're gonna be fine. Um and uh they'll be fine. You know, that was all right. That was that was the way I worded yeah. it,
0: man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean it was like I could say are you panicking yes or no and uh maybe that would have been more transparent but uh you know by giving an ambiguous you know set of set of choices we we entice people to um fucking participate uh by the way speaking of twitter don't forget if you're listening it's thursday tonight is the deadline go to our twitter account find the tweet it's on our instagram just retweet it and you can win sleep dog seats i got four two seats to the Georgia Tech football game. Segway into that. Coming up uh not this Saturday, but next Saturday, home game. Heels are uh in the college football rankings 15 now, one spot ahead of NC State, five spots behind Clemson has just got throttled this weekend. Um mm-hmm. so yeah, go out there, you know, all it takes just retweet it. We're drawing a winner as you're listening today. Um that's it, like there's you know no no uh no weird shit about it. We'll transfer you the ticket so you can go sit near Pablo and uh just claw yourself to death so um you know on that note, football is is almost a different question altogether. It's not are we overhyped it's are we underrated I mean the heels playing in the ACC have Drake May I saw a stat block today again a kid in Ohio State is like the favorite to win the Heisman. Drake May has outstatted him in every category. More yards, more touchdowns, mm-hmm. less interceptions, more rushing yards, you know, just better. Of course, <laughs> he's playing different opponents, right? And, and there's a lot of people that think UNC has not um, played played anybody. There's others, mostly UNC people, that feel like UNC doesn't get the credit it deserves. Nonetheless, if you ask any of us, we're going to be uh, happy if we're 15th. If we're 8-1, and 7-1, and one, in the in the in the college football ranking even just the fact that we're ranked are we are we good with that i think any of us would have said yes
1: yeah i'm good with that but also drake may should be the leading he should be the i think he deserves the heisman uh right now i think he should be the leading candidate for the heisman trophy uh he has the best stats and i think if you take him off unc i don't think we're even in the realm of uh record wise and wins uh without him. I think he is what he's done for our football team and the way he's led us to dubs. Uh I don't think any any other player in the country could do what he's doing at UNC period. And people can knock the schedule uh but hey, we won the games and we did our job and I think Drake doesn't get the credit he deserves.
0: There's a the writer here on fan-sided whatever that is says that um he thinks Drake may has a better chance of winning than Hendon Hooker who's the the quarterback at Tennessee. There's Bo Nix at Oregon. They're playing great. Caleb uh, Williams at USC. They're playing great. Uh, Blake Corum, I guess, is a uh, somebody out of Michigan. This shows how much I've been. Um, and then C.J. Stroud is a kid from from uh, Ohio State. And um, I think you know the 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 interesting thing about Carolina football is are essentially i i i think almost mathematically guaranteed to play in the aCC championship game now of course if you lose another game between now and then you're out anyway, but at this point it's fun and we're close enough where we got wake this weekend ranked wake that is uh or no they just they just lost uh i think it fell out of the rankings yes. So whatever, still still a good team. You beat them on the road is a good win for us. Then you come home, you got uh, Georgia Tech, uh, uh, always been a challenge. And then the last game at home against, conceivably at that point, a ranked NC State team that is probably the biggest UNC-NC State game that I remember maybe ever, right? Um, You win those games. Then you go play Clemson in the national or in the in the ACC championship and win that game. The question becomes: Does Carolina make the college football playoff? There are four undefeated teams: Georgia, number one; Ohio State, number two; Michigan, number three; TCU, number four. You're not gonna if if four teams remain unbeaten, and I think Ohio State, Michigan got to play each other, right? So one of those guys is gonna lose. You got to presume that Georgia even if they lose at this point, it's still in, right? So so Carolina has to be the top two one-loss teams to even have a chance. And one-loss teams include, right now, they will include Ohio State or Michigan. They do include Tennessee, Oregon, USC. If we beat Clemson, they, they'll be a one-loss team. Ole Miss, UCLA, like so. There's a lot of just a lot of shit that needs to happen for us to wind up in the top four. Um, even what could really get interesting is if we're a one-loss team and you got LSU, Alabama with two losses, right? I mean, mm-hmm. I think. Uh, it, but at the end of the day, um, there is a sliver, right? There are teams that are going to play each other. I'd imagine TCU stays undefeated, and if they're in it now, they'd have to. You know, win one pretty narrow. I think at the end of the day, UNC's only hope is to be the top one or two one-loss teams if they want to make it. Still, just it's just a fun conversation to have. Like hell, we still got to win Saturday. Right, and with UNC, there ain't no guarantees. There's not even any left. I promise you, if you, if, 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 UNC fans are honest with themselves, and we put that same poll up that says, "How you feel about the next football game? Are you anxious, or they'll be fine?" It should be opposite. It'd be ninety percent people would be anxious, right? Because it's Carolina football. So I get it, but very rarely do we get this chance this late in the season to theorize about what would happen if we went to the fucking college football playoff right we we talked about it bitched about it last week about how the N&O is just up in arms because you know we're allegedly worse than everybody in the other division well guess what we just keep fucking winning and we're going to play Wake we're going to play NC State and let the chips fall where they may and and, and if we and looks like we're going to play Clemson so we went off three of them mm-hmm. and N&O can really shove that article up their ass right um Anyway, I'm with you on Drake May. I think he is uh I think he's the best quarterback Carolina's ever had. This is the best season Carolina quarterbacks ever had. The kid has so much poise. He's in control of the game. He's never um you know, we face a lot of four, third third and fourth downs. We go for it on fourth down damn near every single time. And he converts. He's just poised in these situations that seem to be uh you know, the 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 pressure situations either situational or overall within the within the context of the game just don't seem to bother him. And the fact that we get to watch three more years of this dude, two more years of this dude is uh is I mean Carolina fans better be real thankful that they've they've got that opportunity. Cuz that's going to bring in, that's going to bring in defensive players, it's going to bring in offensive players. It's going to make us relevant for the next 2 years if we can come in if Carolina finishes in the top 10 with Drake may under center, dude, you're going to get big recruits, um, to try to come in and capitalize, man. This is a bit, this has large implications long-term for Carolina football. Yeah. Sleep. And
1: the first thing I'll say about the college football playoffs, I I believe if you're an undefeated team in the major conference, you got to go. I think you should get in. Um, But with that said, it's hard for me to really paint a picture, even if we were to win outright, where we get into the college football uh, playoffs just with four teams. And I know that uh, there's talking about expanding the, the playoffs when I think they are going to expand in the future. I could see us getting in if that were the case, but not this year. And I'm with you. Drake May should be the leading candidate for the Heisman Trophy right now. Uh, I think he's had an unbelievable season, and I think he, in a way, I mean, he is a tall quarterback, he makes great throws, and he's athletic. He reminds me of, not to put him in the Hall of Fame right now, but he does have a little bit of Rodgers in him where he can take off and he can just sling a a frozen rope right down the middle. Uh, But I like the way he plays, and he is the best quarterback we've, we've had and we've had really good quarterbacks, Trubisky, uh, and then Sam last year. You know, we, we have quality quarterbacks, and you're right, our football team just gets keeps getting better and better. Uh, but you know, it's it's <laughs> anything can happen. And I will say that, you know, with the football team, we always get to a place where, oh man, we're there, we're there. And then
0: Oof. but I'm excited for him. Yeah, dude, he's completed 71% of his passes. And thrown for almost 3,000 yards, 31 touchdowns, and three picks. And he's also mm-hmm. rushed for 500 yards and four touchdowns. I mean, this dude's accounted for 35 touchdowns, three interceptions. He's had five turnovers. So, guy is just like lights out. And I think, I think, uh, I also think realistically, it's pipe dream for him to, uh, to win the national cha- I mean, to win the national championship, get to the playoff, I think for the team, I think it's, it's unrealistic for him to, um, win the Heisman because he's only a freshman. Um, I hate that.
1: I, I, I just hate that. Thought. I do too. I do too. You and know, and, and you, I think I just, you know, it, it shouldn't matter, you know, what year some, some guy is, uh, you know, and this is, uh, you know, you talk about in basketball, you see all these great players that come through when we had these one and duns that won the player of the year. Yeah. Uh, you know, Blake Griffin, Kevin Durant, uh, all these other guys. It, it doesn't matter. I mean, he's having the best season out of everybody, and there's nobody that's more important to their team than Drake May.
0: Yeah. And he's, uh, I mean, undefeated on the road, right? Like, um, you know, I think that it's 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 that he's a freshman and that they haven't played anybody in the eyes of everybody else. But I'll say this: you run the table. Carolina's a top ten company or top ten team. It's gonna be hard as hell to tell me that Drake May and win the Heisman Trophy. I don't give a shit it, who the other guys are. I mean, you take a mm-hmm. team because to me, I'm not biased at all. But to me, you take a a player. That can literally take a team that would otherwise probably be 500 and make them a top 10 team. It's one of the best college football seasons of all time. I mean, yeah. you got to start. You got to start realizing that again. That's a big if. You know, you yeah. got to win. You got to now is when we play the games that matter. I mean, our team could very yeah. well in the season eight and four. You lose these three games, and everybody's just like, "Yep, you are who you thought they were," right? But if you don't, right, and really, really, if you lose one game, he's out, right, out of the conversation. You just, you know, I get it. Um, But if you don't, I'm telling you, man, like we might have him. And I think I think they they often look at the fact that, hey, if this guy gets better, you know, he's going to have another chance to get it in a subsequent year. And that's the one thing I think I, I guess if there were a justification for the freshman thing, it's like. Because it's such a, a challenge thing but I'm I'm, I'm with you hundred um, percent.
1: There's also man. a lot of bias in, yeah. in these decisions. I think you know the football UNC football fan base isn't as broad as an Ohio State fan base. Yep. so these people that vote on this may have a little um, you know a little bit of sway depending on who they pull for and things like that. It shouldn't be a factor, but hey people are human and this this is what happens. Uh, but sleep, the one other thing I want to talk about, since we're on UNC football, there was a huge mute, huge move made by the Colts. Oh, and yeah. And went ahead and named Jeff Saturday the wow. head coach of the Colts. Just out of the blue, guy was on ESPN. And uh, <laughs> a lot of people are a little bit uh, up in the air about this one. I'm all in. I, I love it. I love the hire. And I love what Jim Ursay said. He said, I'm I'm glad he doesn't have any experience because he's not over-analytical and he doesn't care what the analytics say. He just goes out there and does what he thinks is going to win. I love that, and uh, I think I'm going to be a Colts fan now.
0: Dude, I that's a great call bringing that up because that is probably a, one of the more interesting stories that's happened in a long time. Uh, I got no fucking clue whether – I mean, look, he can't – do any worse i mean i'm a washington fan i think washington even beat i mean even lost to indy like that's how bad washington is is that's one of their losses i think but out of nowhere dude nowhere'sville the funniest thing like what i if i was jeff saturday man i would just show up and i'd start doing the shit you used to do when you're like eight years old on madden where it's like fourth and 23 and you just fucking go for it. <laughs> right? Oh, Fourth and one from your own 12. Just go for it. Right? Fake punt every time. You know? Just start doing dumb shit. and Because what do you got to lose? Like, literally, honestly. Nate, sleep, sleep, I love your points. This is what, like, if you want to tank. Right? They they talk about tanking a lot. Like, oh, we're going to rest our good players. Or we're going to do X, Y, Z. Nah, dude. Just do Dumb shit. Like, that's fun, right? So, like, the Colts ain't got a snowball's chance in hell of winning any football games or, like, winning anything. They ain't going to make the playoffs. So, like, dude, start just ride or die. Like, first, if I'm Jeff Saturday, the first play I'm running is the most fucking absurd trick play you've ever seen. Like I'm literally gonna run a play where there are 14 laterals on one play, and I'm gonna try to score a touchdown. Like I might even send my offense on the field right after they win the right after they win the toss in punt formation, and I got my punter out there, and everybody's looking around like, "What the fuck?" They're just gonna punt on first down, and then throw the fake, and the dude gets lit up, and everybody just freaks out. Dude, I would that that would be what I would do.
1: Onside kick it after every, point, every uh, point would be a great one. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the the other move that I want to see happen is I want to see a big ass lineman lined up in a fullback position. Oh just yeah, barreling down the goal line. Uh, I would like to see that. I would like to see a lineman throw a touchdown pass uh-huh. uh, somehow. Just 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 take a guy who's a second string or third string lineman and just convert him to the old school the mini uh, fullback. Yeah. Yeah, the mini-fridge. And then just go ahead and make him a fullback-quarterback combo. So it keeps the defense on their heels at all times. And uh, that's what I would love to see. Uh, I know Jeff's a lineman himself, so uh, I know a lot of people would like to see that. And I think it would really rejuvenate the Colts.
0: Dude, just center under center at the goal line, right? A sort of center-inception. Center snaps to center, and they run it up the center, right, and try to, like, um every time they need a, a yard literally make the court make the quarterback and the center switch so like you just snap it to the biggest dude in there dude that's fun yeah onside kick every time fake field goals fake punts dudes got your you know uh those plays where like you toss it to your receiver on an end around and then the quarterback runs down the sideline for a for a catch and like Philly special yeah, man. I'm to Statue of Liberty's flea flickers. Damn, that play where somebody gets on their hands and knees and barks like a dog while the other guy runs behind the defense and just throws it to him. I mean, that's what I'm doing if I'm Jeff Saturday. Good for him. And 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 dude, I mean, Ursay is one of those guys, like people either love him or hate him. I don't really I don't really I'm not old enough to know that whole Colt Saga Baltimore deal, uh with his dad and whatnot. But uh but yeah, dude, congrats to Jeff Saturday. This is weird, man. This is like this is like honestly. Big Hawk if Michael Jordan called you up and was like hey man I want you to come coach the Hornets and you're like alright I'm not doing anything fuck it I'll do it <laughs> you know like just fucking out of nowhere dude like knows the game obviously but I don't think he's ever coached to start anything. four just yeah. start LaMelo
1: Ball with four power forwards yeah just exactly. go old school yeah like backyard
0: bully ball yeah just start all the bench players first and get them in there throwing elbows and shit and just get the other guys pissed off and then put the starters in five minutes into the game first tv <laughs> timeout anyway we're remote in case you couldn't tell from uh, old big hawk's uh, internet over there but um so no cookies today but shout out to the people that that uh gave us some things to talk about big hawk is there anything else you want to talk about stay safe stay safe